My name is Armando Alejandro Estrada. Hey, it's Rotor Animal. <laughs> what a rush. Yo, monkeys, it's me, PPP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three time, three time, three time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey. Stay tuned or you will feel bang. I am the genius of a Galarian renowned Lanny Poppins. Well, what's up all you stars and stars? This is Marianne. This is Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame 2011 on SNS Radio Network. See ya. And I wouldn't want to be ya. Turn it up. world is listening. As we go beyond the bell on the SNS Radio Network, your host, ring announcer Sean Beckerman, is proud to present part two of our two-part series, looking back at the mania of summer, the summer sizzler, the greatest matches in SummerSlam history. Part one featured the early days from 1998 to its debut to 1997, right before the Attitude Era exploded on the scene. So tonight, we'll look back at 1998 to the present day years of SummerSlam. So let's kick things off as the Attitude Era exploded on the scene in the World Wrestling Federation and the first SummerSlam under the Attitude Era regime 
was in Madison Square Garden in 1998. The main event featured The Undertaker versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, but one match also set apart from the card as one of the greats, and that was Triple H versus The Rock for the Intercontinental title. It was a ladder match. Hey, let's watch a ladder match from two guys who aren't really known for their expert ladder match acumen skills. Sounds like a recipe for disaster, you could say, right? But come on, it was Triple H and the great one, The Rock. They were the definite next generation of main eventers. And they were more than talented enough to pull it off. WrestleMania 10 featured Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon redefining the ladder match. So Triple H and The Rock, their goal was to reinvent it for the Attitude Era and the modern day era of wrestling fans. And they did a great job. This is when you saw The Rock really building up momentum to main event status and Triple H stepping out of the shadow, possibly, of Shawn Michaels, becoming the leader of Degeneration X. A few weeks prior to SummerSlam, we saw the DX impersonate the Nation of Domination, which is one of the funniest segments in Raw history. Uh, it got me rolling as a fan back in the day. And that was a precursor to this match for the Intercontinental Championship. This match was a culmination of the extremely famous DX Nation of Domination feud. And when Hunter ended The Rock's almost nine-month title reign as Intercontinental Champion, it set The Rock up for main event status. What I liked about this match was the fact that in the eye of the Attitude Era hurricane, it didn't matter if the good guy was blatantly cheating to win. It still garnered the cheers of the fans. Basically, it was a fair fight up until China, unprovoked, low-blowed the rock and allowed Triple H to grab the championship belt. Yes, I said belt. Triple H took those first steps to basically jump out of the shadow of Shawn Michaels, become the leader of D-Generation X, and now carries Intercontinental Championship gold as a babyface. And this match also set up the rock for his future WWF title run. I remember... After SummerSlam of 1998, I was watching the Home Shopping Network, because that's when they had the special post-WWF show on HSN, where they were selling t-shirts for the first time, and WWF merchandise on the Home Shopping Network. So, of course, I wanted to tune in, the crazy fan I was, the crazy Mark, and I remember seeing The Rock do a promo-style interview on HSN, and it was so unique, and The Rock was so funny, and I just got this feeling, I said, this man is going to be the next star, this this guy is going to be the next world champion, I get those feelings with stars, I got that feeling with John Cena, not kidding, you know, Brock Lesnar, I got that feeling, at first I wasn't too keen on him, but then he grew on me, got the feeling with Kurt Angle, I just sense when superstars are about to excel to the next level, and become main eventers and world champions, and I got that feeling with The Rock after this match on SummerSlam 1998. You can say everyone came to see Stone Cold versus The Undertaker, but people most remember the match between Triple H and The Rock for the Intercontinental title, the ladder match. Michael Cole is standing by with The Rock. Well, Rock, you must feel uh, pretty confident uh, coming into tonight's ladder match. Uh, 
many people say over the past few months that uh, you've taken control of Triple H, but perhaps you've uh, pushed him a bit too far this time. Let's take you back to what happened earlier tonight on Sunday Night Heat. You were in the ring, set to do an interview. Triple H came from out of nowhere, but then you ambushed Triple H. You caught him from behind, you hit him with the belt to the back of the knee. Taking Triple H out, obviously injuring that knee as you get set for the ladder match tonight. Now my question to you, Rock, is this. You must feel pretty good about yourself. What are you thinking about? Well, The Rock is thinking about slapping the yellow right off your teeth if you keep asking stupid questions. The fact of the matter is this. Triple H, you one-legged man. The Rock wants to know exactly how you're going to climb the people's ladder and reach The Rock's intercontinental gold with just one leg. Tonight, Triple H, New York City, The Rock's home, away from home, and to the millions and millions of The Rock's fans. The Rock is guaranteeing that he's going to prove he is the people's champ, The Rock is the people's choice, and The Rock is the best damn intercontinental champ there ever was, if you smell what The Rock is cooking. Well, thanks, Rock. Gentlemen, shout out. Back to the jabronis at ringside. And now, the SummerSlam Recall is brought to you by Twix. Need a moment? Chew it over with the chocolate caramel and fresh cookie crunch of Twix. It's a hot summer night in New York City. This is the 10th annual SummerSlam. Austin, from day one, I said I would stand alone. Now you have to answer the question. Are you ready, boy? you more than anybody here, but all sentimental crap aside, I ain't afraid to cheap shot you to death, but that's what I gotta do to hang on to this title. There is no intimidation, there is no fear in either man. Oh man, Austin is hurt, Austin can barely move. Oh, look at this. roll on to 1999 the love her or leave her Greenwich street fight between test and Shane McMahon we've gotten to the point nowadays where watching Shane McMahon dive off of the top rope and fall through tables is commonplace and cheap we're used to it once upon a time however we were amazed at the bumps that that the hair apparent would take for the business this guy was crazy Shane was never going to wow us with his in-ring wrist lock skills and producing wrestling clinics, but this guy quickly cornered the market in insane hardcore brawling. He would have fit pretty well in ECW. When when Tess got down on bended knee and proposed to then-innocent Stephanie McMahon, the the really innocent-looking doe-eyed princess to the billionaire... 
her brother and his band of sweater-vested hooligans, the Mean Street Posse, I love those guys, objected slightly, you could say somewhat. This led to a match with the, the very, very innocent Stephanie McMahon on the line. The sister of Shane, the girlfriend slash fiancé of Test, was on the line in this match. Love or family, which would win out. Easy storyline, and it really helped Test move to the next level uh, up in the card. From a storyline aspect, this match marked the pinnacle of the late Andrew Test Martin's relevance in professional wrestling after we look back at it. From a real-life sexual conquest standpoint, however, Martin will always be super relevant and highly admired, hence Stacy Keebler. I mean, anytime you sleep with Stacey Kibler, it certifies your status as a giant in the industry. Well, you can say, which industry is it, Sean? Any industry that's like receiving world title status. But the brawl between Test and Shane McMahon and SummerSlam 1999 stood out because it was innovative for WWF standards. Shane McMahon diving onto Test. Test elbow drop onto Shane McMahon, going through announce tables, back and forth, the Main Street Posse being involved. So you had a basic storyline of the sister of Shane, the fiancé of Test, on the line here, and they were just battling it out. Like we said, it wasn't a wrestling clinic. You you won't replay it to have Gordon Sully go over about the, the spectacular wrestling prowess of these two, but they delivered a great, simple, hardcore, brawling match. And it will go down in the history as one of the most memorable memorable matches in SummerSlam history. Not one of the greatest technically, but one of the most memorable of all time because of the impact it laid for future matches going forward in terms of high spots. And looking back at Test's career, this match truly made him or elevated him to his really peak of his pro wrestling career as you looked at him possibly as a future main eventer, possibly the new Diesel, Kevin Nash. But Shane McMahon and Tess really gave it their all, and this will definitely go down as one of the most memorable matches in SummerSlam history. Hey, Jabroni, The Rock says know your role and shut your mouth. You showed absolutely no class when you interrupted the great one out there talking to his number one fan, John Randall. How about The Rock interview you? How about that, Jabroni? How about an interview with the great one? You're going one-on-one with the great one. The Rock has, yeah, nice tie, 13 cents. Don't look at the tie. Look at The Rock. The Rock says this. He sees the way you look at The Rock. For the past three years, The Rock just wants to know this. Are you a little kumsi kumsa? No. It doesn't matter if you are kumsi or kumsa or not. The fact of the matter is this, is that it is Sunday, SummerSlam, and it's game day. So The Rock says this. You think that he cares about Billy Gunn's surprises? The Rock says it's going to be no surprise. In approximately 45 minutes, you're going to hear The Rock's music. Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? And every single Rock fan is going to stand on their feet. Electricity running through their body. And you can hear them now. Shut your mouth and listen. Rocky, Rocky. And when it's all said and done, all the smoke is cleared, all the dust is settled, the millions of the Rocks fans are through chanting his name. Two things, rock bottom, wham. One, people's elbow, wham. The Rock going on, still the people's champ, still the people's choice. If you smell what the Rock... Is cooking. 
time to pay some bills, but when we return with more Beyond the Bell, we look back at the modern day era, the year 2000 in SummerSlam history. Stay with us as Beyond the Bell continues on the SNS Radio Network. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. It's time. It's time to stop. The name calling. The hurt. The bullying. Because of race. Creed. Color. Sexual orientation. It's time to treat everyone like you want to be treated. It's time. It's time. It's time to eliminate. Eliminate. Eliminate the hate. Eliminate the hate. Eliminate the hate. Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, triple W dot headlocks to headlines.com. To me, wrestling matters because, uh, you know, over the last 13 years of my life, sacrificed a lot in my life, my personal life, uh, to get to where I'm at today. Wrestling is not just a job, it's not just a, a hobby, it's, it's, a, it's a passion, it's something that I live for. Wrestling uh, really is my life. Don't miss Impact Wrestling. Thursdays at 9 on Spike. Impact Wrestling. Wrestling matters. Again. Hi, this is WWE Superstar Randy Orton with an important message for all of our fans. WWE Superstars are professionally trained performers. The moves we do in the ring take years of practice to perfect and to do safely. I urge all of our WWE fans to never try to copy what we do in the ring at home or at school. Stay safe and don't try this. In the year 2000, the main event of SummerSlam, a no-disqualification triple threat match between The Rock, Triple H, and Kurt Angle for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. The Rock's title reign never lasted all that long, and this match was probably his most notable, successful title defense during his most impressive run with the WWF title back in 2000. There was a ton of great drama heading into this one. Kurt Angle was finally in the title mix. And he would even win the belt for the first time two months later at No Mercy. And he and Triple H had some bad blood regarding Angle's more-than-friends, quote-unquote, advances on Triple H's wife, Stephanie McMahon-Helmsley. So, there was so much bad blood, in fact, that Hunter and Angle started fighting even before The Rock hit the ring. Triple H went for the pedigree on the announce table, which actually collapsed seconds too soon, causing Angle to fall right on his head and nearly get a real-life concussion, which actually actually played right into the the kayfabe concussion he was supposed to receive in order to get stretchered out during the match. This match was a ton of fun and is a great example of the imaginative booking of the Attitude Era. 
It's also the second SummerSlam match that was fought over the love of Stephanie McMahon. We mentioned Test just earlier. So you could take a you could look at this match in one of two ways. You could look at it from a storyline perspective. You saw Krangle falling into a title picture, fighting over Triple H for the love of Stephanie, and you had The Rock defending his title in a triple threat style match where it definitely does not favor the, favor the champion because you have two other challengers gunning for the title and you don't even have to be pinned to lose the world championship. So you had that back, background story uh, happening during this match. And then during, uh, as, as the match was unfolding, Kurt Angle receiving the concussion from the table breaking too soon and his eyes looked glazed over. You could tell he was not right. Kurt Angle was not right after that pedigree. Him being stretched out, typical WWE style. When you in a triple threat match, usually a wrestler gets knocked to the outside, leaves the two men in the ring. At one point, they only like to have m- much activity during the entire stretch of the match to have all three competitors in the ring. Usually, they pair off uh, for long periods of time throughout a triple threat or a fatal four way contest. So Kurt Angle stretched out. You think maybe he wasn't going to return. So The Rock and Triple H battling it out for the WWF title. Kurt Angle comes back miraculously and fights off and is competing in this match. And so from a storyline perspective and the in-ring talent for this matchup, this will go down as one of the greatest main events in SummerSlam history. Well, I... Don't tell. Just don't say it, JR. Don't tell. I I don't understand this whatsoever. I mean... Kurt Angle knows that Stephanie's a married woman, and Triple H has been played for a fool here in this situation, in my estimation. Well, there is no disqualification and no countout in this upcoming matchup for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. It's a triple threat match. Remember, The Rock doesn't have to be involved to lose the title. But what's going to happen when Triple H and Kurt get together? Triple H, Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, the winner of this match will, will meet The Rock at SummerSlam for the WWF title. Wait a minute, both men got Jericho covered. That's it. Who's going to meet The Rock for the title at SummerSlam? It will be Kurt Angle versus Triple H versus The Rock in a triple match for the WWF title. Triple H and Stephanie's marriage is apparently on shaky ground. Stephanie, I know what you want. so concerned over Stephanie and Triple H's relationship. I'm sure everything will work out and it'll be all right, but I need some space right now. Space right now. If you need anything at all, anything, Stephanie, I'll always be there for you as a friend. Kurt Angle saving Stephanie from going through the table. The hug from Kurt Angle and Stephanie King. A big hug. Triple H is livid. Kurt and I are just Where's it written that a guy and a girl can't be just friends? I know you're foolish. Friends my ass, Steph. Uh-oh, my baby girl calls me up crying on the phone. That's where I draw the line. If she ever does it again, neither one of you two will even want to be in the World Wrestling Federation. We understand each other. The law has been laid down. The focus is the rock. The focus is the WWF Championship. Triple H and Kurt Angle are on the same page. If Kurt Angle and Triple H stay on the same page at SummerSlam, Rock won't have a chance. Kurt Angle buried the hatchet with Triple H. Angle and Triple H look like they're brothers. Angle's being decimated. But why? 
Kurt Angle are not on the same page. They're not even reading the same book. The two of you, both of you, need to stop fighting like children, okay? Wait a minute. Oh, no. Kurt, oh. Stephanie and Stephanie bouncing off the steel step. Oh, my God. Stephanie's hurt. There seems to me like there's a little electricity between Stephanie and Kurt and I are just friends. Where is it written that a guy and a girl can't be just friends? We move on once again in the year 2000. Tables, ladders, and chairs. Oh my, TLC won. The three-way feud between Edge and Christian, the Dudleys, and the Hardys was, in my opinion, the greatest tag team feud in the history of the WWE slash WWF. The battles between these men resulted in some all-time classic matches, and this could be the most infamous of them all. They had a triangle ladder match at WrestleMania 2000, and for this match, they added the tables and chairs. Oh my. The teams took the, the template that Sean and Razor created and innovated the ladder match to, to a level that fans never thought would be possible. Edge and Christian won the, won the match, and TLC2 rematch at WrestleMania X7. But this match really, this was, you could say the groundwork was laid at, at no mercy. And WrestleMania 2000... Just escalate that even further, and then at, at SummerSlam, you really was able, you were able to invent the TLC concept, the TLC match, and these three teams laid it out on the line. And this was the pinnacle. Like I said, this is the definition of what a tag team division should be. Not necessarily because of the high spots and the the tables breaking, the chair shots, the unprotected chair shots to the head, you know, or the ladders falling on people or falling from 15 feet high. What made this so great was the competition between the tag teams, and that is what is missing missing in the tag team divisions today, is that competition to one-up each other and become tag team champion. And the TLC1 match at, WrestleMania, at SummerSlam 2000 was the perfect example of how a tag team division should be. SummerSlam 2000, once again, was a landmark in terms of in-ring competition and will continue with Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho. The talent involved in this one can pretty much speak for itself. Both of these guys, at their prime, just putting on a hell of a clinic for the crowd. A lion salt turned into a crippler crossface? Oh, child please, that's all I gotta say. A belly-to-belly turned into the walls of Jericho? Keep them coming. These two grapplers languished at mid-card status for much longer than they should have. But we could always count on the WWE pitting them against each other at one time or another. And time and time again, we saw them compete against one another on a big stage. You know, this is something they, they did really when talented people that they couldn't figure out what to do with them, they pinned them together in a match or a long-standing feud. This was one of those matches where it didn't ultimately matter who won or lost because we all won 
with the battle between Benoit and Jericho. The innovation of the two of competing against one another, trying to one-up each other in the match, just it benefited no one else but the fans because we were able to watch two great men, great superstars go at it and put on a wrestling clinic. After we look back at the WrestleMania that year that was a little lackluster, I think SummerSlam 2000 definitely made up for it. In 2001, Rob Van Dam took on Jeff Hardy in a ladder match for the WWE Hardcore title. Those two battled it out and set the bar. It raised the bar even higher for ladder matches. Sure, you could say ladder matches in SummerSlam history could be labeled spot fests or just designed to put punishment on, on each other's bodies without really much wrestling. We mentioned it before on part two. Ladder matches had the press set a precedent in the later years of SummerSlam history, but this was a different style of ladder match. This was the first time the hardcore title was on the line in a ladder match at SummerSlam. So we saw Rob Van Dam and Jeff Hardy battle it out, absolutely going crazy on one another to reach for reach for the goal. This is at the point when Rob Van Dam was about to eclipse, and he was getting mega over with the fans. The, the crowd was cheering Rob Van Dam more than some of the main, main event level performers. So you saw a future star in Rob Van Dam, but again, the WWE was not devoted yet to really push him to that main event status. Same goes for Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy was escalating as a singles competitor outside the Hardy Boys, and the fans were starting to really jump on the Jeff Hardy bandwagon. So these two up-and-coming performers in WWE had a chance to steal a show, and they absolutely can contend for stealing the show in 2001 as they really battled it out and definitely set an impression in wrestling fans' minds at in terms of how a hardcore ladder match should be. So looking back at RVD and Jeff Hardy for the hardcore title ladder match, it will go down as one of the greatest of all time. And now the SummerSlam Recall is brought to you by Twix. Need a moment? Chew it over with the chocolate caramel and fresh cookie crunch of Twix. SummerSlam. Great one's back. The Rock has been gone from pay-per-view since WrestleMania. Do you feel the electricity in the air? It is for the WCW title. The first time The Rock has ever competed for that. Rock coming with a lot of heavy artillery here, a lot of high impact. You've got to bring everything you've got against Booker. Booker T showing that he is not intimidated. Finish him off. The Keep the pressure on The Rock. Just saved the WCW title, and now Shane's gonna pay. No! The bottom. Here it comes! Here it comes! The Spinaroni! And on the rock, the rock is up. The bottom, the bottom, the rock on the lamp hook. Did he get it? The rock's the WCW champion. Shane McMahon tried, but this night belongs to the returning. Also in 2001, Booker T took on The Rock for the WCW Championship. Booker T got a primo spot in the WWE after WCW got bought out. As the WWE tried on and tried out most of the roster, the one guy that they felt 
actually worth salvaging from the ashes of Ted Turner's wrestling company, WCW, was Booker T. Of course, the main event spot came with a hefty dose of, humi- dose of humiliation for Booker. Well, since he wound up entering into a feud with The Rock wherein he became The Rock's punching bag, both literally and metaphorically. Remember The Rock saying, who are you? The Rock, just through humiliation alone, could stop a wrestler's push right in its track. The Rock's insults actually had a way of deflating a villain so much that they couldn't even regain their legitimacy as a top heel. Just got, just ask Billy Gunn. Booker suffered the slings and arrows of The Rock's brilliant Thomas Jefferson sucker tirades and went out there and put on a top-notch match with the Great One and probably the best representation of the WWE versus WCW that came out of the entire Alliance storyline. When WCW was acquired around this time in 2001, you were expecting to see Goldberg versus Austin, Hogan versus The Rock possibly, Triple H versus Kevin Nash. These were the options that you were hoping for for this invasion angle. But due to the contract issues with AOL Time Warner and top WCW performers, you weren't able to get those top stars enter the WWE at that one point. Ric Flair is an example. You couldn't have him come in. You couldn't have him come in right away. Sting wasn't an option. You know, so you were pretty limited with the amount of superstars from WCW you would be able to have come in and invade the WWE. Two of the top superstars, you could say, were DDP and Booker T that were able to buy out their contract and come over to the WWE and be included in this invasion storyline. Booker T was able to compete with The Rock in this main event level match for a championship title in in a main event caliber type of spot on the card, which was a kudo for Booker T, being an outsider from WCW, you know, being humiliated at first in the company. He botched the spot with Stone Cold Steve Austin at the King of the Ring, therefore injuring Austin at the time. So a couple of things Booker did early in his WWE career, you could say, would have set him back. But this match was had the ability to have Booker T overcome those obstacles and tried to gain that main event status in the WWE. But this match can go down as one of the most memorable in SummerSlam history just for the sheer fact that this was the perfect example of WWF versus WCW, The Rock versus the Booker Man, Booker T. Ice cream? Ice cream. <laughs> Ice cream. Ice cream. So, who wants some sweet satisfaction? WWE SummerSlam, coming soon to a TV near you. One scoop or two? In 2002, Triple H took on Shawn Michaels in an unsanctioned street fight from the Nassau Coliseum in Long Island, New York. Five years earlier, Shawn Michaels' career was ended when he fell awkwardly onto a casket during a casket match with The Undertaker. This match in 2002 saw him return to the ring against his former Degeneration X partner. No one knew what to expect from Shawn in this match, but they probably didn't expect what they actually got. Sean showed no signs of ring rust and had one of the greatest and most brutal matches of his entire career. 
This victory for Shawn marked the beginning of the second part of Shawn Michaels' career, which is already Hall of Fame worthy. Wrestling fans will be debating for years whether the current era of Shawn Michaels' career or the first part of it were better. As far as I'm concerned, they're both incredible, and we have been very lucky, very, very lucky to have witnessed both eras in the career of the Heartbreak Kid. I was there in person for this match. It was brutal, vicious, exciting. You had a mixture of the wrestling ability of Triple H and Shawn Michaels together, but you had that hardcore style. It was it was designed to protect Shawn Michaels as his return to the ring left a lot of questions whether he could actually take it and take the punishment with his supposedly hard back. So this brutal street fight or unsanctioned street fight was designed to protect Shawn Michaels in case he couldn't go or be the old Shawn Michaels that we remembered. So this was supposed to be initially just a one-off one-shot deal. Shawn Michaels wasn't expecting to come back full-time after this, but he felt great after the match. And being there live in person, the crowd erupted when Shawn Michaels dove off the top rope onto Triple H onto a table. You know, the spots we saw throughout the entire match when Triple H targeted the back of Shawn Michaels. They told such a great story. The the full the, the entire match was focused on the lower back of Shawn Michaels as Triple H targeted and punished the back of HBK. But Shawn Michaels, through all that, was able to overcome with a roll-up win over Triple H, and the crowd went crazy when they raised HBK's hand in victory. You know, I, I was a big HBK mark, therefore I was looking forward to seeing the the heart-shaped pants, you know, the heartbreak pants, you know, red, white, pink possibly, the old Shawn Michaels look, but he came out in jeans and a tank top, the modern day era of Shawn Michaels because it was a street fight even though Triple H came out of wrestling wrestling attire Shawn Michaels wanted to set the precedent right away that even though he wore chaps to the ring this wasn't going to be an old school Shawn Michaels wrestling clinic this was going to be a, a brutal street fight so this match set the groundwork for part two of Shawn Michaels career and it will go down as one of the greatest if not the greatest arguably match in SummerSlam history. So I say, you fans, open up that SummerSlam anthology box set and throw in the DVD from SummerSlam 2002 and watch Shawn Michaels take on Triple H in an unsanctioned street fight. The thing I know for sure is that the guy jumped me from behind. I mean, and after that, man, I don't, I mean, I don't remember anything. I woke up in the hospital. Shawn, I swear to you and I swear in front of all these people... I'm going to find out who did this to you. And when I find out who did this, that person is a marked man. Hey, hey, Hunter, take, take it easy. The police in Greensboro sent me some surveillance footage. Apparently they had a, one of those security cameras out back, uh, you know, back in the parking lot. And they sent me the footage. And if I can get these guys here to, to set that up for me, I think if we watch this, we might possibly be able to figure out just who did this. Can you guys run that for me? Now you have to watch up in the upper right-hand corner. It's pretty blurry, but you have to you have to watch. <laughs> uh, Dan, I mean. Damn, Sean, you, you can't even see anything on that. I mean, well, that doesn't prove anything. And, Sean, you know, I've been thinking about this, and 
You're not safe. Whoever did this to you could do this again at any time. You need to be careful. Look, uh, <laughs> the, the modern technology that they have today is, is crazy. I don't understand it, but they've told me that what they can do is, uh, you know, they, those computers and everything, they can enhance this, uh, you know, get a close-up shot of this, and then they can clear it up a little bit. So let's, can we do that, you guys? Let's roll that. And... Hey. And the point is, Sean, that you are weak. You are vulnerable. That's why you need me, Sean. That's why you need to be by my side. That's why I wanted you as my manager, Sean, so I could protect you. Sean, I could have protected you, but no. Your ego, your pride wouldn't let that happen, would it, Sean? No. Sean, I could have crippled you in that parking lot, but I didn't. I stopped. I didn't finish the job. But you know what? Nobody else would have stopped. They would have finished the job. They would have crippled your ass. Then what, Sean? What would you have done then when you were a crippled mess, huh? What would you have done when you could no longer walk? You think I'm weak? You think I'm vulnerable? That I can't defend myself anymore? I recognize that I'm not in the best of shape right now. But the doctors have told me that I'll make a full recovery. In fact, they say I'll be 100%. 100% by, say, uh, SummerSlam. SummerSlam, Sean? What? Was that some kind of a challenge? You're damn right. Sean, come on. What, what are you going to do? What, are you going to talk me to death? Huh? 
Sean, face facts. You can't wrestle anymore. You're done. It's over. Your career in this ring, Sean, it's finished. HBK is dead. And whether you like it or anybody else likes it, there's a new game in town. And Sean, this time, I won't stop. You go through with this, I won't stop. I'll finish the job, Sean. I will cripple your ass. And what then? Huh? What then? What if, Sean, what if, when it's all over, you can't walk anymore? What if, when it's over, Sean, you can't pick up your two-year-old son anymore? What if, Sean, when this is over, you can't hold your wife anymore? Or even worse, Sean, what if you can't satisfy your wife anymore as a man? Don't you even think about my wife and my son. I know I can't wrestle anymore. I felt like displaying my ability, I'd have done it four years ago. I know that I'm no longer the showstopper. But I can still fight. And as a man, sometimes you gotta know when to talk. Sometimes you gotta know when to walk away. Sometimes you gotta know when to fight. And the time to fight is now. In a couple of weeks, I'm gonna walk down to that ring for the last time. Not to wrestle, but to fight. And fight you, Hunter. And in front of the entire world, I'm going to show my little boy, sometimes, just sometimes, you got to fight to be a man. Also from 2002, this match opened up the card for SummerSlam. It was Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle. This one is one of my personal favorites as well because I liked this was Rey Mysterio debuting at SummerSlam, taking on Kurt Angle. You had two different styles, the Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle against the high flyer, fairly new to the WWE in Rey Mysterio. Both men had a high power matchup, high intensity. It was great uh, in terms of the excitement for the crowd. Great opening contest, a lot of near falls. Kurt Angle... Uh, looked very solid wrestling with a with a lower size athlete in Rey Mysterio. Both athletes came off looking extremely well after the matchup, and this was a hot, hot match to open up 2002 with. So I look back at Rey Mysterio and Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio's SummerSlam debut, as one of the greatest, if not a momentous match in the history of SummerSlam. One of these six men will leave here tonight as the world's heavyweight champion. Well, the last time Triple H, this is what he's got to be thinking, the last time Triple H was in one of these Elimination Chamber matches, he not only lost his world championship, he almost lost his career, JR. The Elimination Chamber. Two miles of chain. 36 
feet in diameter. Over ten times! A solid steel designed to punish the human body. That chamber is a cold, heartless structure willing to execute all that entering. year at SummerSlam, your main event will be Triple H versus Goldberg versus Chris Jericho versus Kevin Nash versus Randy Orton and Shawn Michaels because the world title will be defended in an elimination chamber. That's not going to sit well with Triple H. Last year, six men walked in that chamber. They all bled. They all paid the price. But I lost the most. You see, because when it was done, I spent 48 hours sitting in a hospital bed. And more importantly, I lost the World Heavyweight Championship. Triple H cares about nothing but being the World Heavyweight Champion. Take that World Championship away from Triple H and you would destroy him. This year is going to be a little bit different because Evolution is going to make sure that I walk out of Phoenix, Arizona, the world heavyweight champion. We continue to 2003, Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar. 2003 saw Angle head into WrestleMania as the heel WWE champion and fight an amazing match with Brock Lesnar despite an actual crippling neck injury. Right after Mania, Angle opted for a hinky, you could say Mickey Mouse, quick fix neck surgery that only would take him out of the game for a few months rather than the entire year as a prototypical neck uh, injury. When Angle came back, he was inexplicably the good guy. Now Lesnar was the villain, and by, to- by the time SummerSlam rolled around, their roles had completely reversed. So WrestleMania, Brock was the good guy, overcame all odds, had that shooting star press botch, still overcame that, that mistake. F5, World Heavyweight Champion, or should I say WWE Champion, beating Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 19. Now you flip the coin to SummerSlam, arguably the second biggest pay-per-view of the year, and the roles reverse. Kurt Angle went through this neck surgery, fighting all he went through. Former Olympic gold medalist now is the babyface, and Brock Lesnar, the champion, is now the villain. What a, what a flip. 
made a very dyna- made it for a very very dynamic match in SummerSlam 2003. There's plenty of bitter and foul air, you could say, blown out and about in the WWE when the name Brock Lesnar is brought up. CM Punk mentions him now, and it gains uh, a unique reaction from the fans. But he and Kurt Angle had some incredible matches together. This one you could single out as one of their best. This was a straight-up match, a straight-up wrestling contest, one-on-one, clean finish, extra dry, extra bold, you can say, with a nice vanilla oak finish. This match, was the, you could say, is a nuts-and-bolts version of what a pro wrestling contest should be between two collegiate and, you can look at from the collegiate side to the Olympic level for Kurt Angle, you know, these are real athletes, real amateur athletes that were able to transition their capabilities into the world of professional wrestling. And both of them had an extraordinary contest in 2003. And I, if you look back, I'd say once again, pop in 2003 DVD and look back at Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar Part 2. And I think this matchup definitely, definitely made WrestleMania seem overshadowed. And this one definitely stood apart and above their WrestleMania 19 contest. You know what, JR? Nothing lasts forever. All good things must come to an end. Eugene had an illustrious career in the WWE. Tonight at SummerSlam, he can go out in style because Triple H has found to end the career of Eugene tonight. Well, since the beginning, the game has played Eugene just like a fist. Eugene, who's your boy standing in the middle of the ring? The Rock. And who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Triple H! Eugene, I came out here to tell you something. I am your friend. So, because of that, I want to make you an honorary member of Evolution. You're going to bring Eugene into Evolution? My God, it'll kill our gimmick, brother. Eugene's going to help us win back the World Heavyweight Championship. That plan starts tonight. And when that's done, Eugene will have outlived his usefulness. Tug of war here in the steel chair. Oh, God! Eugene runs here out of Vinland's hands and runs in the face of the game. Does Eugene have any idea what he's done? Eugene has cost Triple H the World Heavyweight Championship. Triple H, I, I, I messed up last night. I made a mistake. I'm, I'm sorry. Hey. I'm not mad at you. Trust me. Oh, with a straight right hand on Eugene. How is this right? Four men against one of Eugene can defend himself. Eugene has been battered, fried, and brutalized by evolution. Left in a bloody heat. And damn it, the hell is not right. Eugene, I was never your friend. You know why? Because you're an embarrassment. I tried to tell you, get out of the business. You don't belong. And you didn't listen. That's why you came back. It's Eugene! What is Eugene doing here? I thought we were never going to see Eugene again. That's why you cost me my World Heavyweight Championship, Eugene. Did you think that I wasn't going to answer that? Huh? Loud and clear through William Regal with a sledgehammer. Eugene is seeing his mentor 
William Regal get completely destroyed by the enraged Triple H. Triple H, you need to be rewarded for what you did. That's why at SummerSlam, I'm going to make it Triple H versus Eugene. In 2004, we saw Chris Benoit take on Randy Orton for the World Heavyweight Championship. Randy Orton defeats Chris Benoit and becomes the youngest World Heavyweight Champion in WWE history. They laid the groundwork right here for a main event push for the legend killer, the future legend killer, the future Viper, Randy Orton. And this was at the point where we saw the turn of Randy Orton from a heel to a babyface. The infamous thumbs up, thumbs down on the shoulders of Batista. Triple H makes the sign, drops Randy Orton down on his back after winning the World Heavyweight Championship. All were current members of Evolution. Triple H thought it was so, so selfish of Randy Orton to go for the number one contender spot and defeat Chris Benoit. Triple H is supposed to be the champion of the group. He's the Ric Flair of the modern-day Four Horsemen. He's the man that's supposed to lead Evolution in the year 2000s and onward. That is the focal point of the group. That was supposed to be the focal point for the group. That was the message that Ric Flair and Triple H were projecting to the younger Randy Orton and Batista. Randy Orton wasn't following that one. As he saw an opportunity to attain the gold, he took advantage of it, defeating a very then a very popular, at that point, Chris Benoit after WrestleMania 20, winning the World Heavyweight Championship from Triple H and Shawn Michaels in a triple threat match. All the fans were behind Benoit. They weren't ready to accept Orton as that main event player, I believe. Not yet the fans weren't ready for him. He still needed more seasoning, more sizzle. But they wanted to make an impact. They thought this was going to be the next big star. And they transitioned him right away into into becoming the world heavyweight champion. And they hot shot this angle by turning Orton from villain to babyface rather instantly. Following this contest, we saw Randy Orton be pushed as a main event level player as a babyface role, but it was very short-lived. He wasn't ready for that opportunity. But this was setting the stage. If you look back at the match, they had a very solid match. I'm not looking back at this as the greatest one of the greatest matches because of the actual technical wrestling, but I'm looking back at the significance of this contest. It involved Chris Benoit defending the World Heavyweight Championship on a, in a main event level at SummerSlam, one of, the, one of the big five, you could say, were the big-time pay-per-views, defending the World Heavyweight Championship against an upper-comer Randy Orton, and it laid the groundwork for a future main eventer for the Legend Killer. So that's why I look at this contest. is not one of the greatest technical matches, but very momentous in the history of SummerSlam. I was involved in a six-year relationship with Amy Dumas, better known as Lita. Now you mean so much to me. I realize that I love you. I want to be with you more than anything else in this world. 
heartbroken before and I hate to be the one that had to have done that but it's just like I fell in love with somebody else is the, is the bottom line let, let me entertain you from 9 to 11 and let me be in bed with whoever I want to be in bed with I have no obligation to the fans um, to be Matt Hardy's girlfriend Matt Hardy if you don't measure up as a man to me in any way in any way Edge you ruined my dream of one day having a family. You destroyed my dream of one day having children. And from that point on, I took matters into my own hands. Shining on you. And at SummerSlam, Matt, I end it. It's either kill or be killed, Adam. And Matt Hardy will not die. 2005 saw the main event contest at SummerSlam involving the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels and the immortal Hulk Hogan. This is where we saw a partial heel turn for Shawn Michaels. Very temporary, just for this one feud between the two. But we actually saw the heartbreak kid, the the new, you could say the new faith in Shawn Michaels, the new the new Shawn Michaels compared to his old villainous ways of being a part of D-Generation X, the old DX with Triple H in China, that boy toy character. We saw glimpses of that return when Shawn Michaels turned his back on Hulk Hogan, gave him sweet chin music, and it was such a great storyline because the whole premise behind it was he just wanted to know. Like he said, I just want to know if I could beat you. I just need to know. So it went from him having that respectful feel for legends, such as Ric Flair, to that the boy toy returning where he just wants to test and see what how, how he can go, if he can go against a player like Hulk Hogan, uh, an, an icon, a, a superstar with legendary status such as the immortal one so this was Shawn Michaels laying the groundwork not just being a prototypical current superstar that's doing the pose and and the ear ear slapping for the crowd and putting his hand to the ear and testing the crowd for the for his ovation giving that double bicep pose no Shawn Michaels wanted to test Hulk Hogan to see if he could beat him in this day and age and see if he truly is the all-time greatest superstar in WWE history. Very simple storyline, very solid storyline. They had 
an okay match. I th- the reason why I'll count this as one of the greatest because the vignettes going uh, leading up to this with Shawn Michaels on the Larry King show, quote unquote, as Hulk Hogan doing brother, 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 brother was so unique at the time, so in- innovative, and it brought back that old school DX Shawn Michaels, not the the current DX or the most recent form of DX with with Triple H, not the senior DX, the more the early incarnation of D-Generation X. So we saw that come out during those vignettes, and we saw Hulk Hogan come back with his vignettes against Shawn Michaels. But I think Shawn Michaels stole the show, not not surprisingly here, leading up to this pay-per-view contest. And they show clips of this matchup during uh, Hogan's reality show, Hogan Knows Best, where you see the toll this match took on Hogan's body and how his kids were truly concerned, even outside the reality show uh, editing floor room. But you could see that the match took a toll on Hogan's career, and this was a turning point in Hogan's career because this was one of the very last few ma- main event big-time matches that the Immortal One Hulk Hogan was involved in. So when you look back at this match, it's momentous in terms of two legendary performers going against each other, two Hall of Famers. The turning point in Hulk Hogan's WWE career, as you really saw, that this was it for for Hulk Hogan. He couldn't... Pre- couldn't perform much more than this. And the impact it had afterwards, where Shawn Michaels flip-flopping around after taking the big boot and the leg drop, over-dramatizing the, each move that Hulk Hogan would, would would present him with. So you saw that Shawn Michaels wasn't taking it too seriously because he wasn't, I don't think, necessarily happy with the outcome, with him basically jobbing out to Hogan. And at the end, uh, the next night on Raw, when Shawn Michaels had his post-match interview, him saying that, you know, he laid down to Hulk Hogan, he couldn't take the massive leg drop from the Hulkster, kind of, not tiptoeing, but making it seem that it wasn't a big deal that he lost to Hulk, and basically downplaying that he lost to the former Hollywood Hogan. So they could have future business from this from this matchup, future uh, rematches that took place, that were planned to take place after this contest. But this match will go down as one of the greatest because of the legendary status between the two and the earmark in history that this match made on both men's careers. I am right here on my knees asking you for one favor. But I'm not asking you for anything more than what every other WWE fan has asked you for. If I have to pick a tag team partner, I want that tag team partner to be Hulk Hogan. Just one more match. Teamwork from Hogan and Shawn Michaels. Well, you got to admit that Hogan and Shawn Michaels are a hell of a team. Whoa! Here it is! Hogan got the tag! Hogan got the tag! The big boot! Here it comes! Oh! That one drop! It's over! Yeah! The Green Team has done it! Two of the greatest in-ring performers to ever grace the squirt circle, and they make you proud that you're in this business. Super kick to hell out of Hogan! 
reputation that you created 20 years ago. I go out there every single night and recreate myself. So, I am laying down the challenge. SummerSlam! The Immortal Hulk Hogan versus the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. At SummerSlam, I'm going to kick your teeth down your throat. You, my friend, have taken this thing to a whole nother level, dude. If you want a match with me, all you had to do was ask. But instead, you cheap-shotted me. Every time you come out in this ring, it's for Shawn Michaels. I'm here for each and every one of these Hulkamaniacs, brother. And if they want me in SummerSlam to kick your skinny little ass, then I'm going to kick your ass, Shawn Michaels. In this ring, you can't touch me. You are going to find out that your immortality has a price. Hulk Hogan! What are you going to do, Shawn Michaels? What are you going to do when the power, the show stop of all these Hulkamaniacs, the and Hulk Hogan, the main event, the icon, what you going to do, brother, at SummerSlam? In 2006, we saw Mick Foley take on the Nature Boy Ric Flair in an I Quit match. This strange match was well worth it just to see Ric Flair take a body slam onto a pile of thumbtacks. I love blood just like the next guy. And I especially love Ric Flair blood. The man bleeds profusely from head to toe in any any major hardcore, hardcore quote-unquote, matchup. You could say after a sneeze attack, Ric Flair would start bleeding. At this point in his career, Flair's skin was, you could say, basically made of Neutrogena. The man could bleed with, any, with the best of them, like anybody can. Ric Flair was the king. He knew maybe to take aspirin, increase his water intake. He knew how to bleed buckets. The ending to this one was a, a, a bit quirky, you could say, with Molina essentially quitting for Mick Foley. But who would ever thought that they'd, ne- that they'd ever see a bloody brawl bra- brought about two guys insulting each other in their respective New York Times bestsellers? Foley called Flair a lousy booker. Sure, Flair called F- Foley a glorified stuntman. Of course. Foley had a real-life crush on Molina, so she got brought into the mix. Why not? You know, I mean, it was very meta, but appropriately brutal between the two. This matchup was brought, it was years in the making, you can say. Started from their respective memoirs, and it built up to this one-on-one confrontation in an I Quit Match style. Great promo work done before, between the two. We would see even greater promo work in TNA um, most recently between Ric Flair and Mick Foley, but the promo work leading up to this match was legendary, and this will go down as one of the greatest matches in SummerSlam history. 
And now, the SummerSlam Recall is brought to you by Twix. Need a moment? Do it over with the chocolate caramel and fresh cookie crunch of Twix. Emotions are flowing already. Rey Mysterio makes his return to the ring after 10 months of arduous rehab. And he heads right toward Chavo Guerrero, who tried to end his career in an I Quit match. I quit! I quit! And right out of the box, Rey Mysterio showing that he's ready to go. Rey Mysterio, all business tonight. This is about retribution. How good is that knee? Is it really recovered? No, no, look at this. Much like the I Quit match when he was hung up in those steel stanchions. And Chavo right to work on the injured left knee. This is the experience of a Guerrero. He knows how to take advantage of a weakness. And the longer this match goes on, it's got to favor Chavo Guerrero. Oh, and Mysterio. Eyes locked. This is about revenge. And that's the Rey Mysterio that we've come to know and love. The 619 off the splash. Here's the cover. He got him. Mysterio returns in grand fashion. Rey Mysterio is back. When we return, we wrap up the Summer Sizzler edition of Beyond the Bell as we look back at the most recent editions of SummerSlam and the great matches that took place most recently. So stay with us as we return with more Beyond the Bell on the SNS Radio Network. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. I have voices in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They talk to me. Since 1996, Audio Wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. Such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Sunday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and Wrestle Talk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Mad Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio. Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996. Wrestling is really all that matters to me. For 39 years, I'll never give up. I'll never stop loving it. I'd rather be a wrestler than any kind of athlete at any level. I'd rather be Ric Flair than LeBron James. It's a way of life. And there are millions of people around the world that thrive on what we do and what we give them each week. Don't miss Impact Wrestling, Thursdays at 9 on Spike. Wrestling fans matter, and most of all, wrestling matters. Woo! Hey you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Have you checked out the new Unplugged on Friday nights? Well, if you haven't, make sure you check out the new Unplugged Friday nights with JJ Sexay at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, 8.30 Mountain Standard Time, where JJ covers Smackdown, video games, and whatever the hell else he feels like. See you in chat. Unforgiving. 
unrelenting, sheer punishment. No place to run. No place to hide. It's a match that terrorizes opponents, leaving them battered, brutalized, hopeless. The Cage Match. Now, here's your chance to own the devastating collection in the greatest cage matches of all time. With 24 vicious battles of unedited action from NWA, AWA, WCCW, WCW, and WWE. Plus, never-before-released encounters on DVD of the most dangerous matches ever. The greatest cage matches of all time. Let me tell you something. Nobody knows more about being cool than the hitman. And let me tell you something. It is not cool to smoke. Be a survivor and don't smoke. And now, the SummerSlam Recall is brought to you by Twix. Need a moment? Chew it over with the chocolate caramel and fresh cookie crunch of Twix. For the 20th straight year, we welcome you to the biggest party this summer. This is SummerSlam. This has got very personal between CM Punk and John Morrison. Right now, the ECW Championship is at stake. For you, Punk, this is the end. After tonight, no one will remember your name. A very focused, a very driven athlete is CM Punk. John Morrison will never forget the name CM Punk. And CM Punk all over the champion. We've seen the desire that Punk has shown to be ECW champion. Punk may feel this this time. Loads off from CM Punk. And now Morrison all over Punk. Look at this. I think Morrison is rapidly building his legacy. Look at Punk, you tippy top rope. Oh, Morrison hangs on. Nowhere to go but down. Morrison on top. Hey, feet on the road. With the feet on the road. Punk got robbed. As a great man once said, by any means necessary. The resourceful young ECW champion, John Morrison. In 2008, we saw the hell in a cell with The Undertaker versus the rated R superstar Edge. This match was the culmination of, you could say, the 2008 feud of the year. After being banished from the WWE, The Undertaker made his return in the match and helped make it famous, basically. After winning an incredible match, The Undertaker literally brought hell into the cell as the post-match scrum ended with Edge being thrown through the mat and the hole then being engulfed in flames. The ending of the match was truly memorable, and the feud between The Undertaker and Edge was absolutely memorable. It culminated, we saw it happen at WrestleMania with The Undertaker winning the World Heavyweight Championship that year, a year that was embarked by the, the retirement of the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. We carry over to SummerSlam. This Hell in the Cell contest between the two was so legendary. The Undertaker, I think, elevated Edge tremendously. It cemented Edge as an even further main eventer and a main event player in the WWE, that top-tier performer. Once you have the rub for The Undertaker, you're basically stamped as a main eventer. And this helped Edge move up to elite status in the WWE. Their struggle was rooted in championship dreams. This title right here means the world to me. Dreams do come true! But their battles quickly became personal. 
the animosity completely running over between these two men. Now at WWE SummerSlam, World Heavyweight Champion Jeff Hardy and CM Punk go more extreme than ever before. Tables, ladders, and chairs. Oh my God! The charismatic daredevil Jeff Hardy defends his championship against the stranded superstar CM Punk in a tables, ladders, and chairs match. How far will these men go to stand alone as champion? WWE SummerSlam. We saw in 2010, it wasn't necessarily the greatest match in SummerSlam history. It may not be even one of the greatest. But I'm going to mention this main event matchup because of the innovative storyline that led up to this contest. And that was in 2010, where we saw Team WWE take on Team Nexus. Team WWE consisted of John Cena, Daniel Bryan, Edge, Chris Jericho, Bret Hart, John Morrison, and R-Truth. The Team Nexus consisted of Wade Barrett, Justin Gabriel, Heath Slater, David Otunga, Skip Sheffield, Michael Tarver, and Darren Young. It was a 7-on-7 elimination tag team match in the main event. This match wasn't that great. It was nice to see Bret Hart move a little bit more in the ring rather than his initial altercation in terms of his return to the WWE against Mr. McMahon, which that was a horrendous match. This one, we saw the Hitman in a better light. He was able to move around a little bit better in the ring. But nevertheless, what made this this main event so special was the the storyline that was a precursor to this, and that was the debut of the Nexus attacking John Cena when it was completely silent in the arena, basically, where the crowd was shocked. No commentary during this brutal attack. We saw Daniel Bryan choke out Justin Roberts, which I love for some reason, don't know why, um, and we saw Daniel Bryan as a result get fired, and in this matchup, he actually re-debuted after his 90-day you could say, quote-unquote, suspension. That's what it basically was, even though he was fired. He comes back, re-debuts at SummerSlam, a part of Team WWE, and we see the Nexus, I didn't like the, the ending of the match and how it was booked, basically lose to Team WWE, which I think the Nexus should have gone over here, but what made this matchup so special was the storyline aspect leading up to it. They could have done so much better with this angle, but we'll mention this match because... The storyline was so great at the time and so innovative. So that's what we'll, what we'll mention. This 7-on-7 seven seven elimination tag team match as one of the most mo- mem- memorous, you could say, or most momentous matches in SummerSlam history. You sealed your fate, because guess what? I got me some help. I've quietly been forming a team. A team that will take down the Nexus at SummerSlam. recruited Brett and here comes Cena's army and the Nexus retreating look at this super team it's a level playing field at SummerSlam the Nexus is history by orders of our general manager a SummerSlam preview tonight a 7 on 7 elimination matchup the Nexus versus a team of WWE stars What you just witnessed was an act of total domination. You see, the Nexus, we've always been 100% behind a common purpose. But see this team? 
the cracks are already starting to show. I'm out here right now to support my boy John Morrison. Uh-oh. Truth's not gonna like that. Drop toe. Morrison is the And those cracks are caused by their own individual egos and agendas. The great Kali. Seriously? Yeah, the guy's massive. He's powerful, but he's also clumsy, uncoordinated, and let's face it, he's not that bright. And I assure you, come SummerSlam, those cracks are going to destroy the very foundation of that team. John Cena, Chris Jericho against Sheamus and The Miz. And so far, Jericho and Cena have been getting along. Miz is, Miz is trying to do anything to take the ref's attention. Hey, oh, oh, oh. Jericho with a call breaker. That's no partner. Miz going to steal the victory for his team. Nexus isn't the only threat to this company. There's another threat, and his name is John Cena. I'm going to get rid of you. What's this going to accomplish? Is he going to injure the man as your captain before SummerSlam? And Cena trying to roll it back over. And look at this. Hitting me into the STF. And here's the STF. And Jericho's tapping. And oh no. The great Kali, another member of Team WWE. Great Kali trying to talk some sense into John Cena. Look at it. It's with a spear to Kali. What is this? What's happening? This has got to be loving this. This whole team is imploding. Well, fans, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for part two and completing this Summer Sizzler series, the mania of summer, the greatest matches and most memorable moments in SummerSlam history. We look back in 1988. We saw the Mega Powers versus the Mega Bucks. We carried on into the early 90s when we saw the emergence of Bret the Hitman Hart against Mr. Perfect. Then we lead into the Attitude Era where we saw the emergence of Stone Cold Steve Austin in the main event spot. And then we move on to Randy Orton winning the World Heavyweight Championship for the first time. And then to the modern day era where we saw new faces such as the new Nexus debut at SummerSlam. And we see the Edge being made into a main event player against The Undertaker. We saw so many memorable matches in the history of SummerSlam and I truly feel that SummerSlam needs to be protected even more so and needs to be in the same category if not if not right ahead of the Royal Rumble because SummerSlam they labeled it as the biggest block party of the summer. It really needs to go down as the top two, second or third pay-per-view of the year behind WrestleMania. Everyone remembers the great SummerSlam matches and the impact SummerSlam made on the business of professional wrestling and sports entertainment, but I think there's no doubt in anybody's mind that a well-booked SummerSlam card will forever, forever be so precious in our hearts and will and will equal nothing but future buys for for potential viewers going forward. I feel if you book a SummerSlam card six to eight weeks in advance, you will see solid numbers, not WrestleMania numbers, but you'll see some much higher numbers than you have in the, in the most recent years because what makes SummerSlam, the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania so great is that, that special feel, that special aura around each pay-per-view. And when you have pay-per-views every month, you kind of lose that aura of, of those, you could say, the, the big five, the, the quote-unquote big five that were around back in the day. So 
I think the WWE needs to go back to making SummerSlam special. What, what, what those moments that made us love the world of professional wrestling. So I think we need to turn the tide and go back to the old days of SummerSlam when once WrestleMania ended, you couldn't wait till SummerSlam hit because you know that was the next time you were going to see big time storylines, big time angles, and big time matches. So, fans, a couple programming notes. Next week will be a fun show for you fans as we'll look back at the 25 signs you're a 1980s WWF wrestling fan. So, the top 25 signs you're a 1980s World Wrestling Federation fan, which will be pretty fun. We'll be playing some old-time, old-school 80s clips and 80s commercials, which will be pretty fun for you fans out there, so stay tuned for that. Then the following week will be our Epic Encounter series returning with the main event. Features two of the greatest performers of all time in Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. What a feud between the two, and I cannot wait to break down what made, what made that feud so special in the world of sports entertainment. Also, another quick programming note as well. Tune in to snsradionetwork.com over the weekend because hopefully on Saturday of this upcoming week, the day before SummerSlam, August 14th, I plan on having a SummerSlam preview show in maybe about a half hour or so where we'll look at the entire car for SummerSlam. I'd love to get your thoughts, so I'm going to start a thread on the SNS Radio Network forums where I want your opinions of who you think are going to, what your predictions are, who you think is going to win the main event, who's going to win the World Heavyweight Championship, who's going to win the unification match between John Cena and CM Punk. So we'll break down what led up to each match. Not much for, for most of the matches in, the, in this day and age, but we'll break down the CM Punk John Cena confrontation, what could have been, what was done, what we'd like to see going forward. We'll break that down and we'll give our predictions for each matchup. So that should be coming this upcoming weekend, the preview show for SummerSlam 2011 via Beyond the Bell. So look forward to that and we'll wrap things up with our old school theme of the week. This is a recommended pick from our from our listeners, this man was labeled and listed in our greatest matches series for SummerSlam. And who knows, possibly at SummerSlam he may return, he may surprise us, maybe after Survivor Series, maybe at the Raw Rumble. The rumors of this man hopefully returning rather soon. He was talking to CM Punk via Twitter. We'll play the theme music to the former Y2J, Chris Jericho. So, fans, we're going to break down the walls with Chris Jericho. And when we return next week on Beyond the Bell, we'll find out the reasons why you're a 1980s wrestling fan. And we'll see you over the weekend for the SummerSlam preview show. I'm Sean Beckerman signing off. We'll see you next week as we'll go Beyond the Bell and we look back at the greatest and worst in the world of professional wrestling. So long, everybody.
Hey fans, ring announcer Sean Beckerman here. Want to go back in time and relive the greatest and worst in the world of sports entertainment? From all-time favorite matches to the worst gimmicks in pro wrestling, we cover it all. So join us each and every week on the SNS Radio Network as we go beyond the bell. What? 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 What?